Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I'm upset, so I'm going to whip a chainsaw around a lot. And I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck, driven by a Leatherface. Uh, well, he almost got hit by a Mack truck, driven by uh, what looked to be a Hispanic man. I can't remember if it was... Texas Chainsaw, or I think it actually was Raising Dion, but somebody said they felt like they got hit by a Mack truck. It was Raising Dion, and I just yeah. went, oh no, I can't, we, I, I can't <laughs> escape this fucking phrase. Uh, I laughed. It was good. It was good. It was funny. Uh, how are you, friend? I'm doing well. Just, uh, you know, enjoying my life. Nice laid back Sunday. I was playing uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus and uh, I don't know, watching Netflix shows. Well, that sounds like a good Sunday in theory, depending on what Netflix shows you watched. Well, you already know. Uh, I Maybe. Do I know? <laughs> oh, probably. Uh, it's it's in the episode description. Oh. Uh, I haven't looked at the, I, I didn't read the backer card. The card for f- collectors. This is a fun segment. Uh, uh, oh God, we got to, we don't talk about Bruno and Encanto. Uh, my girlfriend's watching Encanto right now. Still haven't seen it. I, I haven't seen many movies that came out last year. Uh, pretty much exclusively Netflix originals. Did I watch? Uh, and 2022 is also trending in that exact direction, because honestly, who needs to go outside and go to the movie theater when you can just wait and watch everything on your TV for a nominal fee? Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched Spider-Man No Way Home in theaters. I think that's the first movie I've seen in a theater since Sonic the Hedgehog. And then we have Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming soon. Hmm. <laughs> And then we'll have Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles, and then yeah. Sonic CD. It, it has Sonic and Knuckles. So yeah, I uh, I always pronounce the silent letters in words because not pronouncing them feels really dishonest. Yeah, mimeoplasm, pterodactyl, trying uh, subtol, subterfuge. Yeah, I don't know. Words are weird. It's all made up. It's true. I, I don't have anything to report on my end. My my week was pretty boring. Although I did uh, get extremely fed up at work because only for a month and a half have I been saying, hi, I need this thing done. And everyone ignored me. And then uh, I, I made a mistake, which I, I, I know. I know I did. But also... Uh, I wouldn't have made the mistake if they just gave me the thing that I've been complaining about for a month and a half. So and now they want to do now they want to fix my mistake by doing something completely different. And it's like. 
I hate you. So no one listens to me at work and I'm mad. <laughs> I'm tired of work. I wish that I had uh, more outside work life. Yeah, that's yeah, true. But I have a lot of money that I don't have time to spend. <laughs> you can spend it when you're retired and can't move too good. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, I'll finally retire and I'll buy a yacht and uh, take it out fishing and then fall overboard and die. Or get caught in a tsunami and die or in, in a squall and die. Yeah. There's so many ways of dying. Uh, well, every day we face a thousand ways to die. <laughs> Narrated by Ron Perlman. Did he narrate that show? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I remember. <laughs> this is the dumbest fight anyone's ever died ever. But uh, two kids were fucking around with a sword because, uh, of course, they were. I'm going to cut this apple right out of your hand. No, no, it wasn't that one. It was uh, th- this kid like raised a katana over his head and swung it and hit a fucking power line. And so he electrocuted himself. There was one where a guy had like his junk pierced and uh, him and his girlfriends were like exhibitionists and liked to do it in public. Uh, so he like. Threw her up like they ducked down an, an alleyway. And like he put her on one of those green like power distribution boxes mm-hmm. and started going at it. And uh, his piercing made contact with that and it electrocuted him. But she was up off the ground, so she didn't get electrocuted. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, be- the best one by far from that show was like. The guy took drugs and found a bunch of furries fucking out in the desert and like tried to join in. And they were like, get the fuck out of here, man. And then uh, he found a bear and thought that it was another furry and tried to have sex with it. And it mauled him to death. (laughs) Oh, that's great. These are uh, purportedly real stories. Real fake stories. Yeah. All right. Let's do our first segment. Uh, It's called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. I'll go first, I guess. Uh, I'm just rolling down the street, smoking endo, sipping on gin and juice. Laid back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Uh, I have New Amsterdam stratosphere gin uh and cranberry juice and it's it's quite good i uh i now understand what what snoop was talking about so Mm. actually pairs uh much better than what i thought yeah snoop knows what he's talking about i'm proud of snoop well i just feel so bad for him because you know with so much drama in the lbc it's kind of hard being snoop d a double g uh, did you watch the uh, Super Bowl halftime show? I know you didn't watch the Super Bowl, but did you watch the the actual YouTube video? Yeah, a bit. Okay, saw him on there crip walking. Yeah. Uh, also, Act, Eminem acting took a, a knee. damn fool. Yeah, Eminem took a knee. And the NFL told him not to. Yeah, what a champ. 
uh, th- there was many things the NFL just, told them not I to do. I just can't believe that Eminem, a person who's built a career on controversy and not giving a fuck what people think, would uh, deliberately disobey the National Football League, with which he is in no way affiliated. Yeah, uh, I can't believe it either. But yeah, that, that I like that halftime show. It was one of the better ones. Uh, I'm drinking the same thing I had last week, which is a 420 Imperial from somebody. Uh, it's still fine. It's just I have a lot of it in the fridge. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's get into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right, uh, first piece of news is that Netflix will be adapting the video game Bioshock into a movie. Uh, outside of Vertigo Entertainment, uh, producers of such fine, fine Netflix originals as Death Note and Extinction. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, man. Oh, geez. <laughs> Uh, now, now you understand me being very skeptical on this. Uh, being the lead production company on the project, there are no other details at this time. So, yes, uh, we reviewed Death Note a while ago. I felt like the movie could have been like, OK, uh, if I didn't have the baggage of liking the original Death Note. And also if they just changed the characters names, like if they're just like, hi, these are two random people. I'm like, OK, yeah, this is fine. But instead they made L and yeah. uh, Light fucking terrible. Welcome to Rapture. My name's Andy Reynolds. (laughs) And then Extinction, uh, that is uh, a review. There's I I, there's a review on our website where I reviewed that movie. Uh, It stars Michael Payne and Lizzie Kaplan, and it had me coin the term uh, Psy Why. As in, why does this science fiction movie exist? Uh, Movie's terrible. So that should tell you. Honestly, everything you need to know so far going into this production about the Bioshock movie. Yeah. There's going to be no care behind it. They're going to get like a couple big names, maybe even like an up and comer or two in the cast. And it's going to be dog shit. So fingers crossed, of course, but yeah, it's going to be dog probably shit. true. It's probably true. I hope it doesn't suck. I really need that soundboard. It's true. Our next piece of news is that Stranger Things Season 4 will be released in two parts, with Volume 1 releasing on May 27th and Volume 2 releasing on July 1st. Uh, Let's talk about that. Do you care that it's split into two parts? So it's like five weeks apart. Yeah. Why not just do... Okay. No one fucking knows. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, July 1st is uh, like three days away from three years. Since the yeah. the last season of the the show that was put out, yeah, uh, Netflix has also confirmed that the newly announced season five will be the show's final season as all the actors age out of their roles. Uh, we'll we'll get that uh, sometime in Q three of twenty twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, they. I mean, if I remember us talking like early days. The plan, I believe, was always five seasons for the show. Uh, five seasons is, in a movie, which is what uh, Netflix said as much on the sh- on like Twitter. They were like, "This has always been the Duffer Brothers' creative vision." It's five seasons, which, it, it, like I said, if I'm remembering that correctly, then yes, that is true. Uh, but dear sweet God, that show has been out for 
the basically the entire run line like run length of this show. Yeah, we only have our three first seasons. episode was talking about the first season of it. Yeah, so like, how I uh, I don't know if they're deliberately doing it where they're just like, "Hello, we're going to have these kids just continually age and age until like we can tell their story, and like the final chapter will be them out of high school or whatever it is." Which uh, the other thing that I left out of this story. Is it season th- season four takes place six months after fucking season three, and it's it's we're we're talking releasing three years later, which means at least three years they shot it three years after they shot the fir- the third season, so the kids look three years older than that, and they already look pretty fucking old to begin with. Yeah, and uh, Finn Wolfhard's only becoming increasingly difficult to work with. I know, right? Just kill him. Just kill him in this season. Fuck it. Who cares? So, yes, I'm excited, but I'm also a little upset. Overall, at Netflix, because they constantly do this where it's like, hello, we're going to let our creators take as much time as humanly possible to make the thing. And then there's no expediency. And then, you know, you just kind of forget about it. Like, I, I figured Stranger Things season four was never happening at one point because it there was just no movement. Uh, it's true. Remember when Raising Dion took three years? Don't worry, I'm bringing that point up in our review later. <laughs> remember when I remembered, like, nothing from it? I I feverishly looked for a recap on Netflix, and they didn't have it. They they fortunately had one. They don't have like, it, yeah. They have kind like of a built-in one, but... Right, but, like, for some reason it wasn't I, a separate I video. It, I picked it up enough to, you know... Yeah. It, you know, it's probably explicitly because they began the first episode with a bit of a recap that they didn't do that. But like still people who watched the first season and are coming back to it might be put off from watching the second season by it not having that. Right. So just may like if you go into like other stuff on Netflix, you'll find recaps for other seasons that you, you know, missed or like it's been a hundred fucking million years and Rita Repulsa is finally free and it's time to conquer Earth. Like you, you, you need that for you need that refresher for people to actually want to pick up your show again. And you need that free of the second season or whatever season you're putting it in. All right. Uh, and our final piece of news is that The Chair, starring Sandra O, oh, will not be will likely not be returning for a second season per its lead, Sandra O. Oh. Uh, she took like Instagram and said, hello, uh, I don't think The Chair is getting a second season, uh, which I think at one point it spent one week in the top 10 on Netflix uh, in terms of like overall viewing charts and then dropped out entirely. and No one ever heard from it again. So no surprises. Here's a question for you, Caleb. Do you remember the chair? Do you remember what the chair even is? No, I have no idea. It's Sandra O oh taking over as like the education chair for a college department. I don't know what department it is, but she takes over uh, because the original person gets uh, uh, fired due to scandal. Okay, I v- vaguely remember that. That's that's fair. You were allowed to vaguely remember it. The, the show wasn't memorable in any way, shape, or form and didn't look very funny in the first place. So, all right. That'll move us into Downstream, where we're going to talk about uh, some trailers for some upcoming stuff to Netflix. 
Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Our first trailer is for Windfall, a Hitchcockian thriller following a young couple, Lily Collins and Jesse Plemons, who arrive at their vacation home only to find out it's being robbed. Uh, a man breaks into a tech billionaire's empty vacation home, but things go sideways when the arrogant mogul and his wife arrive for a last-minute getaway. It looks all right. Yeah, it looks okay. Uh, I remember the last time we had Jesse Plemons and Jason Segel together was The Discovery, a movie that I enjoy. Uh, so I'm hoping for more good things. Uh, they they replaced Rooney Mara with Lily Collins, who, uh, of course, does Emily in Paris. So her doing anything outside of that is uh, pretty good to me. Yeah. Yeah, looks good. All right. Uh, next trailer is for Pieces of Her. What if everything you thought you knew about your life was a lie? Based on the New York Times bestseller by Karen Slaughter and from the producers of Big Little Lies and The Undoing, Tony Collette and Bella Heathcote star in the new Edge of Receipt thriller series Pieces of Her. A woman, a woman pieces together her mother's dark past after a violent attack in their small town brings hidden threats and deadly secrets to light. What if everything you ever wanted came in a rocket can? Power Thirst Rocket Edition with new flavors like Manana, Fizz Bitch, and Gun. The fuck brought that on? Uh, no, it was it was like what was the first sentence of the fucking? Uh, uh, what if everything you thought knew about your yeah, life is lie? Yeah, yeah. So of course that that's like that's that's that. Ah, uh, look, it's Tony Collette and something, so it's an automatic watch. Uh cool i'm I'm happy about that i don't know honestly kind of looks a little generic though yeah that's probably why netflix got it oof <laughs> true though all right next trailer is for hustle after discovering a once-in-a-lifetime player with a rocky past abroad a down on his luck basketball scout adam sandler takes it upon himself to bring the phenom to the states without his team's approval Against the odds, they have a one. They have one final shot to prove they have what it takes and make it in the NBA. One opportunity to get everything they ever wanted in one moment. It's home team grown up edition. I hope it's not fucking home team. <laughs> like you, you watch this trailer and compare it to the home team trailer, and it is night and day how it is conveyed tonally. Yeah, like this actually seems like a dramatic movie. Now, I will point out and I did a lot of research on this because I don't want to be hurt again. Uh, this is produced by Happy Madison. There are a bunch of cameos from, you know, actual. Yes, NBA I was going to say who uh, who's Rob Schneider going to play in it? Is he like Larry Bird? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty fantastic. That'd be actually amazing. Uh, so like you. You think of that. Well, hold on. Let me look up the cast. Because like when you hear who's starring in the movie. You pause a bit because you're like, huh, that doesn't sound like an actual Happy Madison production. Oh, and actually it's been changed from Happy Madison to Madison 23 Productions. Madison 23 and Happy. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like that's an offshoot of Happy Madison. That's they published their serious movies under that. It's kind of like how, like, what was it? Lionsgate films used New Line to produce all the shit that they didn't think would do well. 
something like that. Uh, its subsidiary, Madison 23 Productions, was aimed towards the drama genre. So that that gives me hope. Cause so it stars Adam Sandler, Queen Latifah, Ben Foster, and Robert Duvall. <laughs> so I don't see I don't I don't see Rob Schneider. So fingers crossed they actually keep it a drama and this doesn't fucking suck. This summer, Rob Schneider is a carrot. Rated PG thirteen. This summer, Rob Schneider is Larry Bird. From the creators of Durr and Tum to Tiddly Tum to Two. Rob Schneider in Da Derp Da Derp Da Derp A Derp to Tiddly Tum. Rated PG thirteen. So yes, uh, I'm I'm excited to see Adam Sandler in a drama movie because I need it. I think I don't know. Uh, the last drama movie he was in was uh, Uncut Gems. I don't like that movie. I think he tries too hard. In this, I don't. Uh, he might be more in his wheelhouse because he actually gets some say about what he does. So who knows? I am interested in this, if only for Adam Sandler trying again. I I guess so. All right, uh, our final trailer this week is for The Adam Project. No, it's not a Happy Madison movie. Past, meet future. After accidentally crash landing in 2022, a time-traveling fighter pilot, Adam Reed, teams up with his 12-year-old self on a mission to save the future. Starring Ryan Reynolds, uh, an actor. What'd you think? Mm, Whatever. I think it looks like it could be fun. Could be fun. I don't know. He has a a beam katana, which is totally yeah. not a lightsaber. It's a hundred percent not a lightsaber. I don't know. Have you seen? Did you watch Free Guy? I have not. Yeah, because I heard like he busts out like a bunch of shit from like the Disney properties because yeah. you know it's a Fox movie. And, and or, yeah, like, he a just he just movie. has a lightsaber later on yeah. in it. And you and, might and, fight a xenomorph or something. Probably and not. Chris, Chris Evans says, what the shit? Because that's apparently his catchphrase now that he's not Captain America anymore. Hmm. He says that about four times in uh, Knives Out. I kind of thought that was Deadpool's catchphrase. I don't know. He says it once or twice. Look, we're edgy. I say, what the shit? I'm an edgelord it's kinda, now. It, I don't know. It's nice in between of uh what the hell and what the fuck yeah see you squeeze you slide it like right into the pg-13 yeah i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna start saying what the piss i'm gonna i'm gonna try to make that a thing oh so you just want to be in a guy richie movie yeah okay uh so with that we're gonna cut into uh another segment called quick hits where we talk about some other stuff we watched this week that wasn't the stuff that you see in the title of the episode i just finished my rewatch of unbreakable kimmy schmidt and uh i want to talk about one of the the greatest and most most emotional tv moments ever uh which is like like in the last episode titus is finally gonna be on broadway because he's uh, got cast in the Lion King and uh, like the same day, you know, like his off on again, off again, uh, boyfriend Mikey is like, uh, hey, I'm I'm getting married. Uh, you should come sing at my wedding. 
and you know Titus goes through this whole thing. He's like, you know, he wants me to cause a scene. Like he knows my brand. He knows I'm going to show up and make a big scene, and you know everything else. And uh, like, kind of talks himself out of that. And then like later on, Mikey's talking to Kimmy. He's like, you know, Kimmy's like, well, he has to perform on Broadway. He's not going to come. He's like, oh, I guess I just am going to get married then. Like, I was expecting him to come in and make a big scene. And Kimmy's like, wait, you wanted him to stop you from getting married? He's like, yeah, I know his brand. But <laughs> so like in in his Rafiki costume, <laughs> he's like, uh, Titus is like, oh, shit, I, I'm not going to make it. I have to, like, try to get there and stop him. And he's like realizing he's not going to make it. And he turns around and Mikey's standing there. And, you know, he's like, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And uh, I I kind of forgot that happened. And I cried a lot. Oh. Well, OK, then. I'm proud of you, I think. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to respond to people crying. I just go, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, Emotions. You, you uh, lightly pat their shoulder and say they're there. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here if you need to talk. I like your top. Thanks. It's got Chihiro from Spirited Away on it. I'm going to ask the, the question that the audience doesn't understand. Uh, did you Have you showered since last night? Yeah. Because you wore that shirt last night. Yeah, for like three hours. Okay. Clothes, I, I just, clothes that aren't dirty enough to go in the washer go to the chair and then are put on the next day. That's fine. I'm just saying, like, I saw it last night and I'm seeing it again almost 24 hours later. Uh, I have a system, <laughs> Dan. I I put the shirt on exactly before you watched it or before you saw it last night and then took it off like promptly after and went to bed. That's fair. So I that's just fine. put it on again today. Okay, that's I'm, that, I'm a clean boy. Wash your own damn sheets. It, it was always God's allowed. Sakes, it was always allowed. You were always allowed to do such things. Also, it's a weekend. Fuck you, <sighs> judgy bitch. I, I still maintain my normal routine of wake up, grab a put brush, on a and shirt. put a little makeup. <laughs> you know, why don't you ask the kids at Tiananmen Square to fashion the uh. reason? Is why they were there. <laughs> Got him. <sighs> I've totally fucking derailed you. You, you. We left off with you crying a lot. Continue. I don't know. The show just has a, a really good feel good ending. I guess. Mm. Uh, it does like a fade to black four years later to like drive home that everybody's fine, I guess. But. I don't know. It's it's a little bit of a cop out because like the show is about a bunch of shitty people struggling to get by and then like, uh, you know, suddenly everything works out for them. But that's fine. Sometimes you just need a happy ending. Sure. I'll take your word for it. I'm not like talking shit. I don't know how else they would have ended the show, but what did you watch? All right, so I started watching the new Netflix series uh, In From the Cold. This is about a woman who uh, is like in her 40s who uh, turns out she was a, a Russian spy in the 90s and since retired and 
went on to have a family and uh it's about her back in the 90s i was in a very famous splinter cell that's true uh no she was uh and then she gets brought back in in current day uh to hunt down somebody who apparently is killing with a similar mo to her uh except it's not it's not even remotely close so i don't know why they marketed it as such i guess to drive intrigue sure uh i'm four episodes in uh my god the dialogue is terrible but it's uh junk food tv enough that i'm gonna continue watching it and finish the finish the show but yes no one talks like this (laughs) could you could you give me an example what do they talk like uh i can't i can't recall something right now but like there there's multiple times where like you know uh two like so so you have a male cia operative and then like a, a hacker that he pulled onto this job because he's like i'm gonna turn you over to the government unless you work for me and he's like okay i guess i'll work for you then but then so he's like all right oh this is just like this uh this op we were on together and the other character goes yeah the one where and then provides exposition on the op they were just on like they didn't know what the fuck the op they were talking about is they they do they set up cutaways yeah well uh well that's the other thing is uh so it 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 intersperses through like present day and the 90s back when uh this woman was first starting out as a spy for the kgb and uh it's there are very awkward transitions. I don't know who decided this was going to be the transition maneuver, but they did it. So uh, I have I am halfway through. Uh, she's about to get arrested by Europol, which apparently is a thing. Hmm. I didn't know that. I knew of Interpol. I did not know of Europol uh, and their Europol uh, police contest. Europol. The story of Fire Saga. Europol. So uh, I'm not ready to render a verdict yet, but uh, so far it's, you know, cram your face full of junk food and like sort of pay attention. Okay. Uh, Anything else? Part of me wants to talk about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, even though it's not on Netflix. It's on it's on Tubi. But I I did watch that to actually have context for uh, later in the episode. Oh, yeah. Any good? No. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) bad. Uh, Gerald's going to listen back to this and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That movie's fucking tragically bad. Uh, it's the last 30 minutes is just a girl running around screaming as she's being chased by Leatherface. And, uh, it's sonically awful because she's screaming. Leatherface is revving his chainsaw and it's just like, ah, so like, it's nothing more than like dread, which is fine for horror. But it's just like the worst kind of dread where it's just like it goes on way too long and just needs to get it over with. Well, at least she got her uh, redemption in the new one. Oh, Oh, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, that's about it. Okay. Well, on that, why don't we cut into a quick break? And when we come back, we will talk about Raising Dion season two. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, 
Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Cade will be. It's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Raising Dion Season 2. Our Raising Dion is a 2019 originally, and uh, now second season, brand new uh, drama sci-fi series on Netflix. It's a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. A widowed single mom discovers that her son has superpowers and tries to figure out how to raise him safely and responsibly. Uh, stars Alicia Wainwright and Josiah Young as the titular Dion. Um, so season two finds us two years, three years after his two years after his confrontation with the Crooked Man, uh, a supervillain who appeared in storm clouds and lightning and shit. And it was he fought him when he was like fucking seven years old and fucking beat his ass. It's a powerful kid. He's basically Jack Jack. Uh, That's true. What did you think of season two? Eh, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. It's just yeah. kind of, it's uh, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a good show. It's you can just put it on and watch it and it's all fine. Yeah, it's a solid show. I I really have no qualms with it. I mean, the acting still isn't great from anybody. Uh, that includes the adults which is the, the biggest offender. It's kind of more of a kid friendly. Like CW show. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the best character is still Esperanza, uh, played by Sammy Haney, who is like his friend. Uh, she's just just so damn charming. Uh huh. I don't know. I like I like Dion himself. I don't know. The main cast is solid. Yeah. I did that. The the, the, yeah. uh, the magic lost itself for me a bit. You know, I, yeah. I I watched the show and like Dion's fine. You know, Esperanza's fine. The mom, there's some line delivery in this in this show. It's just like uh, better director, please. Like get somebody who actually understands what the line delivery should be because she delivers it so flat. It's supposed to be very emotional. And it's just flat, and it's like uh, I don't like this. You call that emoting? That's not how you get into Juilliard. <laughs> oh, man. Top review on IMDb. Who casted this? Who's writing the script? <laughs> I mean, I think the script is fine. It's a children's show. That's the thing that everyone needs to remember is it's a live action children's show. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they say the word ass one time. And that's it. Otherwise, this is a PG show, uh, yeah. which, of course, it's has like they even shit. they wouldn't even uh, kill the zombified people. Uh, spoilers, there's like plant zombie people. Eh, I don't know if that's much of a, a spoiler. I mean, that's just a statement of fact, like that's what winds up happening is, you know, the crooked man is back 
except is uh he's taken over the body of like a 10 year old child yeah so like between seasons basically like dion defeated the crooked man uh who had turned out to be family friend pat who was kind of like his uh his surrogate father since dion's dad passed away uh who was played by michael b jordan in like one or two scenes in the first yeah. season um because i think he's a producer on the show or something correct but uh so uh dion fucking smoked his ass uh but like the cro- they call it the crooked energy like the the evil part of him like endured and uh possessed the body of another young kid who uh like also lost his parents to the crooked man uh and like this evil force is like hey you should go kill dion because he has all the things that you don't like friends and a mom that's true uh that is what he says and then uh that's the conflict so yeah like the the plot's simple enough uh also the 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 b plot to the story is that there's a musical and that's like the big event for the season in terms of like real world stuff is that there's a musical and Esperanza wants like, like Esperanza's like, I kind of want to do it. And then she's like, Oh no, I don't want to really, I really don't want to do it anymore. And so it's like, Oh, let's get her to, you know, have the courage to do the show. And then, you know, uh, around that is also when the final confrontation happens, which we won't talk about here, but just know there's a musical and uh, Kwame who, who is, uh, doing the musical has a musical number himself. Yeah, because uh, Dion's a no show because he's doing superhero things. That's true. Um, I don't know. Dion has like the most robust power set of any superhero ever. Like I think we talked about that in the season one review, but like sometimes he'll just make up new superpowers to give himself. Yeah, but like his his primary power i guess is telekinesis but like he can also use it to teleport and like fire like energy blasts from his hands and and then uh the the bad kid his primary power is uh he's a telepath so he can convince people to do things and read minds yeah like uh he he rolls up on this this family and they're like oh are you lost little boy and he just goes take me to atlanta and they're like we don't want to go to atlanta and then he's like, Jedi mind trick, you will take me to Atlanta. We will take you to Atlanta. And then they and go to Atlanta. They're like, why are we going to Atlanta? And he's like, that's where Dion is. And the woman's like, oh. But I guess the thing is, like, because it's a kid show, like, there's no real, like, indication that those people are in any way messed up. Like, their their lives got taken over for probably about a month where they got fired from their jobs uh, for like the house got foreclosed on them all because they tried to pick up a child from the side of the road, which uh, also if you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre like I did, uh, don't pick up anybody from the side of the road because everybody's the worst. Yeah. That's true. So since no one can like no named characters can die. um, Pat who was like the host for the crooked man in the first season comes back. Uh, so naturally nobody trusts him cause he was a super villain. And he's like, no, I'm trying to be a good person. Like that part of me has gone. Like it, it's, uh, you know, 
but it's still out there and I don't have any powers. Uh, so he's like trying to help resolve the plot. Um, cause like the main plot of it, I guess is like, just cause the, the crooked man can do anything at once too, I guess. It's like, uh, there's like sinkholes opening around the town and they're like these flowers grow in them that release like spores that infect people and, uh, turn them into mutant plant zombies. Yeah. Which, I, I think uh, Pat... how are you going to fight zombies if the plants are on their side? Cause that's a game. Do you ever play, do you ever play plants versus zombies? That's fun. I've seen it exist. That's about it. I, don't know, I I think Pat is the best character this season, just because like his arc is probably the most complex and uh, yeah. thoughtful in in how it's handled. He's struggling with trying to be a good guy that everyone hates, uh, and at the end of it, because they're like researching using uh, super powered people's DNA to uh, reverse the effects of this zombie plant thing he has a bunch of the super DNA and just like injects himself with a cocktail of it and like ends up with all the powers and decides that he doesn't have to fucking listen to anybody who is being shitty to him anymore. Right. And, uh, so now he's the villain again. Well, right. Cause, and that's the most complex part about it is that he was trying to be good and everyone's like, no, we hate you. And he's like, no, I'm really trying to be good. It's like, it doesn't matter. We still hate you. Yeah. And there's no reason for him to not be the villain. Right. And he's just like, all right, everyone already thinks I'm the villain. So may as well go back to being the villain. Then I'll show you a fucking villain. Now I've got telekinesis, metal manipulation, electro pulse abilities. The space balls, the flamethrower. It's true. So, uh, yeah, eventually he uh, welcomes the crooked energy back into him. And I'm like, OK, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's that's what you do. Yeah. You know, when, when you're the bad guy and you have why the bad would you energy. Yeah, why would you not do that? So uh, it's everybody else's fault that he's the bad guy. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were going to lock him away forever for seemingly no. Well, I don't say no reason, but like, you know, probably shouldn't try to lock him away. Probably should just let him live. Yeah. He's a he's a sympathetic villain. It's true. Uh so here here's something I didn't realize until right now. Look at him. I have a full playset of I I Ijo? Iganjo? I I I Iganjo? I I did it. I bought so much product I got a full playset of one of the channel lands. Bully. Uh, and then the post credits scene of the show is uh, Pat showing up with a, an army and then uh, yeah, Dion... he becomes like a, a fucking Dr. Doom type and has like an Injustice League of uh, hooded figures with him. Uh, and then presumably adult Dion shows up and he's like, I'm the move, the mind mover. I move things with my mind and Pat gasps. Uh, and then it, it cuts to black three weeks earlier. So, so yeah, uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know what the, the like, because, I don't know, we're three years after I think, the uh, first 
I think it was just a fun for, thing for them to throw in. Yeah, because we're like three years after the first season. I I don't know how many people were asking for a second season. I don't know what the stats look like on a second season in terms of viewing stats or where it ranks in like the Netflix top 10 because I haven't looked. But I, I can't imagine this is too popular. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think the first season was that popular. I I honestly was really surprised that this got a second season after so long with, you know, what what seemed to be like a fairly middling uh, audience reaction. But that's right, fine. So, uh, know, it, it goes how you would think they resolve the plot. They save the people. Um, they beat the bad guy. Uh, Dion's mom is just an unstoppable martial force as like she's keeping pace with all these super powered individuals by just like punching zombies. Let's see. Raising Dion season two. It's like five and a half hours. I think it's it. Uh, Raising Dion season two had about 14 million viewers. uh, If you go by my dumb stat. So like that's not great, but that's it. It's charting for its second week in a row on the Netflix top ten. So <laughs> it, it's clearly doing decently. I don't know if that means it'll get a second season or not, but third, it, or you right third, a third season or not. But they're trying. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a bad little show. I'm not no, not put out by its success. I guess. I wonder if they'll try to finish it up with a movie. Yeah, maybe. I could see that. Uh, Anything else you want to say about Raising Dion? No, it's fine. If you're interested in it, you should watch it. If you have children, you should probably watch it. It's a nice little show that blends uh, adultness with childness. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I wish that I had more to say about it. Yeah, no. I mean, there's not much to talk about. Like, it's it's a children's show that like doesn't have a ton of themes. Like, like I said, the most like in depth thing it does, or like adult theme thing it does, is like say, hey, even though Pat is trying to do better, you know, not everyone accepts him for trying to do better. Yeah. All right. So with that, uh, we're gonna cut into a quick break, and when we come back from that break, we'll be joined by Gerald of apple teeny plus uh to talk about the new texas chainsaw massacre movie let's see alex uh what do you think of jaws which is at 97 percent rotten tomatoes i find it to be anti-shark propaganda what do you feel about the entourage movie which is at a meager 33 percent i think they finally got hollywood right how about it follows 97 percent worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk how do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, 
We're joined by Gerald of Two Piece. Well, actually, not Two Piece on a podcast anymore. I'm too used to that. Uh, muscle memory. Uh, Apple Teeny Plus Gerald Hall. Hello, gentlemen. How are y'all doing? Love you. Good to see you. Well, I'm, one I'm of better, you. I'm better now. Yeah, you now are. I get to look at your fucking <laughs> sexy bald ass. Oh, man. It's uh, it, honestly, all joking aside, it is a thrill to see the two of you dudes. Because as you know, we have a long history together and I've been out of the game for a while. So why am I, I always having so and hard feeling in my pants at when the I get morning? To, when I get to dust off this thing that looks like yeah. a giant black penis. And on the other end of it is the two of you guys. That weird flex, but all right. My kind of <laughs> moment. What's up, fellas? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, and I am a Nazi Kardashian. Uh, yeah, Gerald, <laughs> uh, you're you're here because we're talking about a horror. Yeah, mm-hmm, that's accurate. Uh, a, a sequel, a legacy sequel to a classic horror. Uh, yeah. te- this is called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is this. Uh, A new Netflix horror movie. Technically, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, but it ignores the events of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Texas Chainsaw The Next Generation, which ignored Texas Chainsaw 2 and Texas Chainsaw 3. uh, And it also ignores the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Mm -hmm. uh, which ignored Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Texas Chainsaw (laughs) Massacre 3. Uh, it also is not canon with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning Texas Mm -hmm. Chainsaw Massacre 3D or Leatherface. But other than that, it's an entirely new (laughs) franchise direction for the movie series. What franchise does this sound like? How original it's uh, Halloween. That's what I'm getting at. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong for. For those of you unaware, that's a reference to a Red Letter Media video <laughs> about Halloween and the Halloween franchise and the, yeah. the a reboot sequel to Halloween, the franchise in 2018. Yeah, it's it's a sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but not a sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, uh, yeah, it's another Hall- horror legacy sequel that for some reason is still going. Uh, how does this compare to Halloween 2018? Let's find out. Gerald, what did you think of uh, the Texas or just Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I have problems with it. I think that, you know, I, I'm just not going to take it too seriously, guys. And and I enjoyed it at the yeah, end of the and, day. And you can't or your enjoyment yeah, of it falls yeah, apart. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, a lot of the issues I have with it are just kind of the common sense things that are, that we'll talk about probably here in a minute, but yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not here for the gritty realism. I'm here to watch, uh, a bunch of idiots make poor decisions and ignore, uh, basic laws of physics. Yeah. Chainsaws can cut right through steel pipes. (laughs) Sure. They can. Dan knows probably what my favorite thing about this movie was before I even hit play. And that's the runtime. I mean, this is, Oh, Oh yeah. This is a breezy, yeah, brisk. And it was, you know, it was breakneck pace and um, there was always something going on. And, you know, I love that they did that, whether it was on the editing room floor or whatever, but they just got in and got out and they told the story 
I thought the ending was uh, pretty sweet. They it was got a in and out like a chainsaw going through your chest. So, you know, all things considered, I enjoyed it. Uh, so the the big thing I noticed, because I, I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 1974 version uh, this morning before I watched this, because I was like, I need context, uh, which, uh, according to Gerald, I didn't. And no, you didn't. that's that's probably true, because uh, the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of 1974 fucking sucks. Mm, wow. Uh, okay. it's, it, I, I don't know why people like that movie, but it's not good. So like watching this, I was like, ah. Like the the big thing that I noticed with the runtime is it's exactly the same as the 1974 runtime. It is 83 minutes each. Mm. I, I, I don't know if that intentional. was intentional. I, yeah, I, don't I know. have to think that's intentional. When it comes to the original, I'm a fan of it. I was telling Dan before we started recording, though, I haven't seen it in way too long. I should have revisited it before I watched this, but I was trying to make sure I got to see this to record with you guys. So I was like, I better not because, you know, 80 minutes is a lot shorter than 160 minutes. So I, I don't know. The the connections to the original, ironically, were kind of what bothered me the most about it. Yes. Uh, Sally's character. Um, I don't know. I just She's felt no like. She's no Laurie Strode. Yeah, that's true. Uh, evil dies of old age comfortably in his house. <laughs> so. I don't know. You know, I'm not going to bash it, though, because I did think it was it was a good horror flick. And, you know, the, the type of stuff that we get bloodthirsty for really were in, in spades in this movie, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. Kills kills were fun. There mm-hmm. were a lot of them. Uh, I don't know. Like. A lot of the movie is like pandering to people who hate millennials, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, look how stupid these children are. Uh, mm-hmm. They're tweeting things. Yep. <clears throat> I love the uh the goof on IMDb for this. Uh Leatherface's chainsaw can still work after being blasted with a shotgun, uh which is the exact question that my wife had about this movie. It's like, didn't that get shot? But okay. Um, he deflected the bullets with the the yeah. chainsaw. That's how that works. Yeah. Also, uh it, it can still work after being sealed behind a wall for 50 years. Well, that's why he tinkered with it for yeah, ever. So uh, uh, at least that made sense. It's like, oh, it didn't start. So he went to go fix it. OK, as uh, as somebody who uh, used to be a professional lumberjack and has <laughs> spent, you know, between five and ten thousand hours running a chainsaw, uh, I have some problems with the physics of this movie because uh, like. It well. And now, like, I'm in the trade of, like, uh, construction material supply. So, like, he just sticks a chainsaw through the floor trying to get somebody who's under the floorboards. And it's just like, first of all, there's no insulation in the floor. Like, it just leads directly into the crawl space under the floorboards. Uh, Second, like, the chainsaw is just going through, like, floorboards uh beams and like pipes like plumbing yeah. and everything just like like paper uh and mm-hmm. then like the floor doesn't collapse after being like <laughs> right. cut uh cleanly down the center yeah i mean are we we're not doing spoilers right dan or later not, not yet okay, and also I, I still haven't said what i think about this movie you guys are just too too busy talking about your fucking physics and shit <laughs> tell us what you think lay, lay right. it on us so so halloween 2018 this is not in fact 
I, I feel like whoever like decided to conceptualize this movie went, ah, we can do that with Texas Chainsaw. That's a beloved movie, right? And then they yeah. tried to do it and it's, it. Netflix will buy it. Well, Legendary Pictures did it, and that, I think they still had a deal with WB, and then WB sold it off because they're like, we're definitely not going to make money off of this, so just let's let's have Netflix make the money for us by setting, like giving us the, the production budget plus $10 million or whatever it is. And so, like, yeah, it's it's not Halloween 2018. Um, the 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 strands back to the original are tenuous at best and easily the worst part of the movie because it just completely distracts from everything the movie is doing. Like, if anything, all it says is, hey, getting revenge is fucking stupid. And as opposed to Halloween 2018, where it's like, hey, you can get your revenge like this thing that haunts you for, you know. 40 years you can get your revenge against it and it's it works and it's fine here it's just like nah fuck your revenge it has a chainsaw mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i will now go into i don't care mode no i'm kidding Gerald, i won't do that to oh you. god <laughs> <laughs> i don't care dan what do you think i don't care no like i, I actually have like real opinions on this movie it's not oh like my it's god. halloween 2021 where i was like Ah, we're just doing well, a lot of people. Shit. A lot of people have been throwing up the Halloween kills versus this. It's better than I've, Halloween kills. I've just discovered that a movie exists. Uh, it is called Texas Chainsaw Massacre: colon, The Next Generation, starring Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. have to see this. That's true. Mm-hmm. Weren't they in a rom com together? Yeah, probably. Most probably. likely. Probably. You might be thinking of Kate Hudson, though. But I most might be like, thinking of Kate Hudson. You're, you're probably because fi- there's failure to launch right there. Mm-hmm. Well, one one of the photos for that film on IMDb is uh, Renee Zellweger holding a double barreled shotgun under her armpit. As you uh, do. Yeah. Like. I don't know. She's holding it with her left hand, like on the trigger, her hands wrapped around it in a really weird way that would probably break her wrist if she fired it and then it's tucked under her armpit instead of braced against her shoulder all right so speaking of uh broken wrists can we talk about the first fucking kill in the movie well uh, that's why i was holding any more commentary till we were in the spoiler section we are yeah. we are at 20 minutes i i feel like you know we know leatherface is gonna kill people we can talk about like all the shit but like i just want like we get the spoilers after that I want to talk about the first fucking kill of the movie, which is Leatherface breaking a guy's arm uh, like and stabbing him with his own compound fracture repeatedly. Yes. And then uh, he uses the gun the guy is holding to shoot the the sheriff who's driving the car in the neck, uh, causing the car to crash. Uh, It's implausible. It's dumb as fuck. And oh, my God, did I love it. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. It was good. It was probably the best kill of the movie, which is, uh, you know, give and take, right? It's a double-edged sword because it's all downhill from there in terms of horror kills. I mean, I thought there were still some good ones and some good special effects. And, you know, there was definitely a lot of tension, I felt like, in this movie. Like, I dug a lot of the tension in the film. And it was laughable when the chainsaw went through the floor, which is what Kayla was talking about. But it did that whole sequence with her hiding upstairs and ultimately leading to that i thought was kind of a great cat and mouse like old school kind of tension building um right you know sequence even though 
if you look at the semantics of it, you're like, okay, bro, like this is not something that would happen in real life. But if you can suspend that, I thought this movie was pretty heavy handed on like the tension filled moments. And I thought they paid off for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so with that, uh, let's just get into spoilers now. So if for some reason you, uh, haven't watched this movie and want to know, uh, what's going on, uh, and want to watch it, do that and then come back to this part. Otherwise, uh, keep listening. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play of a bitch, the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Uh, so the main plot is that a bunch of 20 somethings uh, come to this town of Harlow, Texas, which has been abandoned uh, because they're like, oh, we're going to create a new millennial utopia with avocado toast and yeah. other such things in Texas. Yeah, not just in Texas, but deep in the heart of Texas. Why wouldn't this be That's, in this California? Or, yeah, deep Texas, the, man. the worst place for social social justice. Yeah. Like uh, we we pretty much started off right away. Like the the main proponent behind like them buying this town is this black chef, and they get stopped by the cops and like, up oh, here we go, racial profiling. And then you know it doesn't turn out to be that, but even still, there's like that thread of it where it's like, uh, something fucking weird's gonna happen with this this shit. Well, he mentions it, and you know, put your hands where they can see him, and like. You know, we have the Confederate flag later, like in the next scene. So like, I mean, he got he got pulled over for DWB. Right. I think that this movie did that thing where it was like, I'm going to make sure we know the time and the place that this movie's happening. You know, like if we watch it 10 or 15 years from now and we can go, OK, that's 2022. Um, you know, that's a they're using those kind of like important things that are happening in society today, but not as a storyline for the movie necessarily, but just to kind of place it where it is in, in the timeline. So it didn't take itself too seriously. I don't feel like. Well, speaking of that, uh, of course, uh, one of our characters played by Elsie Fisher, who, uh, Gerald yes. knows from eighth grade. Yes. Uh, I also know her from eighth grade. Uh, that's a movie. Awesome. Uh, oh. she, I, th I thought you guys just, you know, <laughs> went to, went to school with her in eighth grade. <laughs> no, <clears throat> um, yeah, that's actually a, a horror movie in of, in of itself, eighth grade. Uh, but she's an awesome actress, and I was glad. She's innocent in this. Like, she was like, I thought she was divine in this movie in terms of her acting skills, but I also think she's an amazing actress. So the cast, generally, it was pretty laughable. Sufferable. Right? Like, but I felt totally like she was insufferable. Good. Yeah, but I felt like she times. was okay. Yeah, yeah she's fine. Uh, but like... We we see pretty early on she is the survivor of a school shooting. And she was shot at one point. So again, if you want to date this this movie and when it came out, it's it's, you know, the era of school shootings in America. Mm -hmm. Yep. That lends to my point, too, Dan. But, you know, I, I think that you nailed it. I mean, these different things that are so prominent right now, they were just like briefly touching on them like even this super traumatic thing that she went through, like they didn't spend a lot of time on it. You yeah. know I mean? It was just like a couple seconds here and there, you know, from the, uh, look of that flashback. I think that, uh, Leatherface has the lower body count of people in this movie. Uh -huh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
it's I'm just saying it's uh horrifyingly graphic. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean like they get to the town uh the, then this old woman who uh runs an orphanage is like no I still have like she's like I'm here you you can't kick me out and they're like no we bought the town get the fuck out and she's like no I still have the deed and then she has a heart attack and dies. Uh and it was during this point where uh Elsie Fisher's I think her name was Lila uh Lila's sister Melody uh, turns out to be the worst fucking person in character and written person in the movie. Uh, I hated her so much mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, in the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, but they, they took a really weird turn with her character, though. Like, her tone was complete. Like, when they ran into the, the dudes at the gas station and, like, she was kind of like an asshole, right? Like, she was being, you know, super uppity and pretentious. But then, like, as soon as she was in danger or they were in the town, even... It was like she was really sympathetic to the old lady and like, you, you know what I mean? Like it was like she was two different people in, uh, in a yes. span of five minutes, which I thought was a really weird choice, like writing wise. Like we don't sympathize with Mel in the first 10 minutes of the movie because she's such an asshole. But then, we, you know, when we get to the town, she's supposed to be this super sympathetic. Like, how could you do that to the old lady? And like, it's like, what? Like you're this is not the person you were in the previous scene, you know? I think it's trying to do that thing where it's like, hey, I'm an asshole to people and she's ultra self-righteous. Like she just rips on this dude for like pumping, you know, exhaust fumes <laughs> into the ozone and carrying a gun around. Right. Yeah. And it, like, And then she realizes, I guess, at, at some point that like, oh, maybe I'm being the bad person well, here, that I'm the I person mean, that's the problem. There's one dude who lives in this town like he's got to create the carbon footprint for the entire town. <laughs> he's just doing his part <laughs> but like i i think she's i think at some point like whenever the woman dies she like finally understands that like hey you gotta still treat people as treat uh, as people like you can't just like accost people just because you don't agree with them and maybe that's ultimately what they're trying to do with her i think that's a bit too highbrow for this movie because i don't think it really cares i i feel like she's just poorly written and just all of a sudden has a change of heart because it's like ah the consequences of my actions yeah it was almost like they didn't know what kind of character (laughs) they wanted her to be yeah oh man uh top review on imdb uh the title is millennial please die i don't know (laughs) if it was intentional i assume it was the cast are mostly insufferable young people who i wanted to see die Mm mm-hmm uh, so yeah, like Leatherface shows up. Uh, he's been under the care of the woman for a while, uh, and then carves off her fucking face after brutally murdering everybody else in the ambulance. Uh, yeah, police car. Yeah, and where's his mom's face? Yeah, it's great. That was fantastic. Uh, and then uh, teleports to the town because he has to get to the town to kill the kids faster. I. It felt like they were at least 10 miles from the town. And uh, in the span of four seconds, Leatherface got back to the town (laughs) in order to brutally uh, maim Dante uh, by, like, chopping up part of his face. Yeah. Yeah. Breakneck face. I don't know. I'm just looking at, like, weird IMDb shit now. This movie was filmed in Bulgaria. Well, that is weird. That is strange. Why wouldn't they just film it in Texas? Since I'm not sure it was easy Texas? to find yeah. a field that fucking would have matched. Um, Dan, you mentioned the first kill, which I did think was really cool, and I really enjoyed it. But one thing that kind of like bothered me throughout this movie, and, and sure. I guess we can go ahead and touch on it, because it happened with the sheriff that was driving that van, and it happened a couple more times throughout the movie. But like 
these quote unquote victims like kept living through their attack. Like that the sheriff like was still alive. Um yeah. later when Sally get <laughs> Sally gets fucking penetrated with the chainsaw for like ten seconds in midair. Yeah. And somehow she's still alive and coherent enough to like, you know, shoot at him later. I don't know. That that kind of I don't know. Kind of took me out of it when it happened. I'm like, oh my god, that person's still alive. How is that possible? Uh, Leatherface is out of practice. That's why. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, how is Leatherface still alive? He gets shot. Yeah, like in the shoulder with a shotgun, stabbed in the stomach with a knife. He gets blasted in the chest with a shotgun, chainsawed yeah. to the face a bit. Even though, like, it basically like grazed his chin. I don't think it really maybe. Uh, maybe she fucked up and she was just using birdshot. It won't really kill him. It'll just pepper him up nice. It's possible. So, like, yeah, that's all that shit that happens. Uh, I it's mean, from a Dave Chappelle stand-up special. Sure, I'll take your word for it. Uh, so, like, he gets back to the town. He starts fucking murking people. Uh, he fucking hobbles a dude. Uh, he hobbles <laughs> the one redneck with a gun. That was fucking out of nowhere. I did not expect yeah. that. This full-on, like, 10-pound yep. sledgehammer to the shin. And fucking guys gives him a fucking like dog leg, basically. Oh, it's fantastic. The guy went for it, though, in retaliation, though. He tackled him and spear spear tackled him into the window. And he tried. He gave a good fight. I thought you don't mess with Texas. No, (laughs) Uh, that's. And then when you mess with Texas, when don't mess with Texas is on both sides of the fight. It comes down to the guy who isn't hobbled. Yeah. All my exes live in Texas. I wonder if Julio has been to this town. What was it again? Harlow. Uh, Harlow. That's right. right. I, I, I well, I want to feel. I want to say it's like a made-up town for the purposes of this movie. I fucking hope so for the residents of Harlow. I know, right? It's imagine like, <laughs> hey, this is where Leatherface killed these people. <laughs> Look at this Confederate statue still in our town square. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. So. So yeah. Uh. I guess the only other thing, uh, in terms of kills, I want to talk about is, of course, the bus scene. Yeah, party bus. That shit was hype. Um, I fucking love this, guys. I don't know why. Everybody fucking live streaming it and you get the comments. I think I just love the over the top nature of like, uh, you know, this 50 year classic horror character that's like iconic and everybody's supposed to like shudder at and Leatherface. And then you put him in this modern day scenario on this party bus. And one of my favorite things is when that dude is live streaming during basically the massacre on the bus one of the people commenting is like oh my god i want to go where are you yeah. and then and the then next one person is like this, this, looks, this so looks so fake, fake. <laughs> and i'm yeah. like dude that's real li-. like you can see that on well, any video you pull up on youtube like the, people, this like, is another on. like fault in the movie's logic is that like these are you know millennials who just live stream their entire lives yeah uh and we're meant to believe that they decided to Move to this town without Googling it. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, is Leatherface actually from Harlow? Because it feels like, you know, after the events of the first movie, everybody fucks off and then he gets, uh, uh, like, orphaned and then gets sent to the orphanage. Yeah. Uh, so, like, there's actually a post-credit scene where it's him. It's walking up to, like, his old house. Did you see that? Oh, did you catch I did the not. I didn't, post- watch, I didn't, I didn't know there was a post-credit scene. There is. Huh. Well, I mean, where were where were they in the beginning at the gas station? Was that technically Harlow or no? 
because he was they were selling all the chainsaw uh, the memorabilia and all that. Yeah, so. I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe it was like, like just outside. It was, it was close enough that like the guy who owned the gas station heard them on the CB radio saying like that Leatherface is back or whatever. Yeah, right. cut her face off or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I got the impression that that was at least generally uh, close to the town that that everything happened from the first movie because it has to be close enough. They had all the you know you souvenirs and all that shit. I don't think Leatherface is like a world traveler. Right. It's still weird, though, that, you know, Leatherface like fucks off after the first the events of the first movie and just happens to wind up in an orphanage. And everyone's just like, hey, where did this strange kid come from who doesn't talk and seems to have murderous tendencies? Yeah, and what? is fucking enormous. I, I know that the old lady must have had some skills, though, to keep him tame like that for 50 years. And then all of a sudden he just snaps, you know. That's that true. was also a little unbelievable. Like, OK, he's been in this house for 50 it's, years. It's what that That is the unbelievable part is like, in theory, he's like 60. Uh, he's at least in his 60s. So and he's moving around like this. Yeah. So like, I mean, you suspend the disbelief for for Michael Myers just because. But like, Leatherface, like we, I, I've only seen the first one. Are there any indications that Leatherface is in any way mystical? Like has, has like this mystical power to him, like Michael Myers does? He he has Jason Voorhees powers essentially because yeah. he's a it's Jason Voorhees a- knockoff. Yeah, it's more of a Jason. Um, Which I don't know. I guess the approach. first Texas Chainsaw came out before uh, Friday the Thirteenth, but whatever. That's true. All right, uh, f- finale. Uh, they 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 kill Leatherface uh, after uh, Sally shows up and gets fucking skewered by the chainsaw. She lives. She leaves one more thing. She's like, "Whatever you do, don't run away. Otherwise, he'll haunt you forever." And so they go to fight Leatherface and they struggle and they seemingly kill Leatherface. And then they're like, "All right, Through cool." The power of teamwork. The power of teamwork. They they knock yeah. Leatherface into the water and he drowns. And then they're like, yeah, they, right. they shoot him multiple times and then he gets slashed upwards through the face with a fucking chainsaw yeah. uh, and then falls backwards into water. And then there's like five minutes of like air bubbles coming up and he doesn't come back up. It's he's like, dead, oh, right? he's definitely dead. Psych. Right. And, and then. And then they're like, hey, let's get in the Tesla. And then they get in the Tesla and then he fucking rips the one then, girl out of the fucking Tesla. <laughs> OK, yeah. so they get in the fucking car, which is like a self-driving car. And it it's the slowest possible, like self-driving. Like they they take the time to, like, you know, open the fucking sunroof, put some tunes on, yeah. engage autopilot. And the car starts going about five miles an hour. Uh, and then Leatherface just kind of casually walks up to it while the car is still moving and like yanks the one girl out of the fucking car. Yeah. It's like decapitates her. Well, like, Chainsaws her head off. Just yeah, fucking I, hit I, the gas. Leave. Yeah, I, I dug the ending just if for no other reason that it was like, again, it was really quick. Like they didn't fuck around. They're like, yeah. The sisters were having a little banter or whatever. I don't know, maybe 10, 15 seconds. And, and it's then like it was you like, just get dragged out and then he makes you watch as like he cuts your sister's head off with the fucking chainsaw and then holds it and shakes it at you. That was uh, that was almost a shot for shot modern day kind of like, you know, reinvention of from the original when Sally's driving off in the pickup truck. 
And he's uh, dancing in the street with a chainsaw. Kind of. I mean, it, it reminded me a bit more of like a fusion of Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chainsaw because like, you know, she gets ripped through a window and then in theory killed. So like or in, in this movie killed. So it's like Nancy's mom getting fucking ripped through the window yeah. in mm-hmm. at the end of night uh, Elm Street. And then, you know, him dancing in the in the street with the fucking chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Which like I don't I don't get that part, but whatever. Good for him. He can dance I mean, if he wants to. He can know, leave his friends behind. Kind of like with the party bus scene and other things that they kind of point out throughout the movie. I mean, kind of the whole thing with the influencers wanting to take over this town to begin with. But I mean, you know, technology and like our reliance on it is a big big part in this movie too. And at the very end, I mean, you know, the the car's driving itself. And to Caleb's point, it's going the speed that it's going, and they're like you know, they have no choice but to do whatever the Tesla is doing. So they, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like they're kind yeah. of a prisoner to the technology there, which is kind of like an underlying sure. tone in the movie, I feel like. And again, it's placing it where it is. It's in 2022. You know, it's where we are right now. There's a fucking part where like they're about to run Leatherface down with a different car. And like mm-hmm. he just throws the chainsaw at the windshield and it just like bounces off without going through and cutting them. But like, I guess. Like she just cranks the wheel to the side anyway, and they fucking crash and almost kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. Yeah, there was some dumb shit like, in the movie. Some a dumb thrown, choice. A thrown made. chainsaw, I don't think, would stop the momentum of a fucking like two to five thousand pound uh, motor vehicle. Let's test it out. I'll just drive at you full speed, and you throw a fucking chainsaw at me. Uh, That's true. What happens. Yeah. We can, we can film it for the show. It'd be great. Bring back Myth- Mythbusters already, please. So we could just do that. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, like, I don't know. We, we basically talked about the plot, but like, I I just want to bring up, like, again, the Sally part is the weakest part of the, of the movie. Like, it, it basically yeah. has no bearing overall on the movie. Like, yeah. they just put her in that spot so they could tell uh, Lila, like, hey, don't run away again from, you know, Stand up to the school shooters, you know, fight against your fears so you won't feel guilty. You'll just be dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a um, it it was a try hard attempt at connecting us to the seminal character from the original movie that, you know, frankly, didn't really belong in this film. Now, if you take Halloween 2018, as we've already referenced a couple times, and you take Laurie Strode out of that. Oh, it fails. Then you, then you, right. Then the connection is obviously missed, but I just don't think that that legacy character, um, you know, carried enough merit to like make her such an inherent, you know what I mean? She didn't have to be right. such a big plot focus in this movie. I felt like. Wait, was she the main character of the second one? Um, I've only seen the original movie oh. and this one. I was going to say, because yep. if she's the main character, like if they pulled like a Halloween oh, well, with take her. That back. I saw the one with Jessica Biel, but that's because it had Jessica Biel. It's in Jessica it, so. Biel. But so like, I'll take that back. But I mean, think about Laurie Strode. How many how many of the Halloween movies was she in before Halloween 2018? I think it was I want to say four, maybe five. Because technically, was she uh, in the fourth movie at all? She was in. Um, no, she was in H. She didn't show back up till H2O. Okay. So, so four movies, four, four mm-hmm. movies yep. before Halloween 2018. So like, there's still that connection to that character. Right. Yep. And, and with Sally, if this is the only other movie she's shown up in, 
why should we care? You know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Because she waited 50 years for this night for her chance to kill him. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is almost a then, direct quote from Halloween 2018. Yeah. And then she doesn't. She, she barely does anything. <laughs> right. She shows up, has a shotgun, shoots Leatherface. He deflects her shotgun shell, her shotgun fucking yeah. shot he, with uh, the chainsaw. Sa samurai style slices the bullets in midair with his chainsaw. Uh, it's fantastic. So uh, any other final thoughts on uh, Halloween uh, 2018, but not really. It's Texas Chainsaw 2020 because <laughs> I confused the two movies because it tried so hard to be tw Halloween 2018. Well, here's what I'm going to say as my final thoughts, because I want to make sure I say it. But uh, just, you know, we're, you know, the purpose of you having me on here and we're talking is like we're breaking down the movie. Right. But at the end of the day, like if you like horror, if you like, you know, gore and you like kills, horror movie kills, this movie delivers. I mean, it's 83 minutes. It's very fast paced. Uh, there's always someone in danger or someone being killed with the exception of maybe the first 10, 15 minutes set up. But after that first 15 minutes, either somebody's being chased by a killer or they're being killed for the rest of the movie. So, you know, I would encourage everyone to give it a shot because I think it's an enjoyable film if it's, if it's a kind of genre that you enjoy. So, you know, I really liked it. All these problems that we've talked about are really technical. Um, you know, and, we're breaking it down, but generally speaking, I really enjoyed the movie. I think that this, <laughs> this is one of the best comedies of the year so far. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, I, this movie was actually really enjoyable for me, uh, possibly for the wrong reasons, but like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I like it. It's it's all right. Look, this is an up and down movie with me. I really enjoyed some over the top aspects, but then they try to get too serious with the, how, how they want to portray the story. It's they, they wanted to have their cake and eat it, too. And it just it didn't mesh. So, uh, look, it's enjoyable enough. I don't hate the movie. Uh, it's definitely better than the original version. It's definitely better than Halloween Kills. Uh, but, you know, this is no Halloween 2018, which is the far superior leg legacy sequel to a horror movie. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so what would everyone give it? Gerald, go first. I'm going to go three out of five. Yeah, I'll go three. Uh, I'm going two and half. So uh, overall mixed, but, you know, pretty much right in line. I think it's a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, point 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 one stars worse than Star Tall Girl. Yeah, it's perfectly fine for what it is, which is yeah. just you know, kind of a a thing you watch for eighty minutes and are entertained by. It's true. Mm -hmm. All right, Gerald. Uh, thank you for coming on and uh, not lambasting me for a horror take that I had. No, you're you're good, man. I, you know. We we led this whole discussion with you can't take it too seriously and you can't. I mean, if you, you know, I've I've seen shows and I've seen people on Rotten Tomatoes and it's like, you know, they're grading it for the wrong reasons. This movie's not trying to like Caleb said, it is what it is. You know, it's just meant to be a fast paced, like horror, just schlocky, you know, funny, kind of stupid horror. 
and that's what it is. And it, it, it really, it had some great kills and it was a great movie. I thought in that, if you look at it from that perspective. Yeah. I don't know. This movie is like, uh, dating the high school quarterback. You want, you want good words, date a languager. It throws balls hard. <laughs> All right. Uh, but Gerald, uh, tell everyone about uh, what you're doing now and uh, where to find it. Well, I wish I was doing something, but, uh, we, I, you know, I got some stuff cooking, man, as you know. But I uh, watch a lot of TV lately and Apple TV Plus is in the mix. So we're copying Netflix and Swill and we're doing Apple TV Plus. And our Swill is going to be Apple Teenies, but me and uh, my buddy Brad are going to. Well, we already have kicked that off, but we're going to hopefully have some episodes coming out soon. The easiest thing to do is just to follow the show over at Apple Teeny Plus, and that's P-L-U-S plus spelled out over on Twitter. I can't believe that you would steal the concept for our show after I stole it from Nick. <laughs> it's just a domino effect, man. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. wait till someone steals your show format. Yeah, for uh, Hulu and Hash. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for coming on, Gerald. I uh of course. I miss you. I miss you guys and I miss podcasting and I really appreciate you guys inviting me on. Seriously, yeah. it means a lot and I appreciate it. I had a had a good time. Okay. Well, next week on the show, uh we'll be reviewing The Cuphead Show. Uh and on the back half of that, it'll be a cautionary tale of Netflix and Caleb, it's your turn. So choose our suffering. Oh lord. Um well, I feel like I should pick a horror movie since Gerald's here. How about this? Because there was a recent uh, Red Letter Media review for uh, the good version of this movie. And so it's just kind of in my mind. And I saw it pop up on Netflix. Uh, let's watch the Colin Farrell version of Total Recall from 2012. Okay. Mm. I'm sure I'll love it. Fucking yikes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, look, look forward to that for next week. Uh, or don't. As, or don't. Or, don't. or, or, or uh, and I, I now have to read this. I don't know if this man's going to continue listening to our show after this, but uh, Caleb, I got a DM on Instagram uh, mm. re regarding our Cowboy Bebop episode. Mm. OK, so if you, if you want to know how behind this person is, so uh, it's going to be uh, fucking 2026 before they get to this episode. Hello, I found you all while listening to uh 20 q's podcast so movie reviews and 20 q's thank you sam uh regarding your cowboy bebop episode i love how you start out by saying you guys haven't really watched the anime like it would be hard to watch it before doing a podcast on the live action we purposely did that you fucking numb nuts uh and then still go on Damn, to try and form an opinion get him uh and then what and the then fuck? still go on to try and form an opinion look you just don't get it stop it get some help that show is a masterpiece that had no right being so good, but it was. They failed in almost every capacity. I I don't give a shit. I, dude, we watched the thing. We judged it by its own merits. Yeah. Fuck. Make your own podcast where you complain about it. Yeah, complain about our show. Well, give look, us, give the, us thing, more the, the fucking disease right now, and this is perfect, like, example of that, Dan. Yeah. Is that you can't have your own opinion about anything anymore? I know. Yeah. In popular media, like if you if you publicly put it on an opinion that's different than somebody else, I can guarantee you nine times out of ten, and then, are gonna come and for then you. a bunch of generic anonymous usernames like, are going to fucking like, call us out. 
Yeah, you liked it, I didn't. Who gives a shit? To to continue, there's another paragraph still. Uh, If your first opinions was how well they did Spike, my God, that's the worst part about it. They turned him from an aloof cool guy who always has his composure to a guy who can't shut up, makes dumb jokes, and makes dumb decisions. Anyways, I'm going to stop right there. I just wanted you to. That's it. I mean... It's a different show. (laughs) It's a different show. (laughs) Also, uh, what we said was uh, we we now hate the show, the original show, because the fans of that show are trying to make this show uh, seem like it's dog shit when it's not. Yeah, this is what we're talking about. You you've proven our point. Thank you for proving our thesis. Congratulations. You've affirmed me in never watching the fucking anime Cowboy Bebop. Uh, It's true. Now I'm going to read the manga and tell you about how that's the only way to experience it you know folks give you and i don't mean to bash this particular no, person but just generally just generally speaking just, no, I mean, let's just continue to people, drag this person until they're just dusty old bones <laughs> people you know do this where they like get these long diatribes like defending whatever it is that we're talking and it's like okay you do that that's great but now do they expect like you guys are going to record a new episode and you're going to be like, oh, my God, my mind is open. You now. know, I was totally like, open. It really changed yeah. my fucking perspective. Nah, like, I, you don't, know. I don't care. You're, you're allowed I don't to like, care. I don't either. You're allowed don't to either. like whatever you like. Yeah, I, uh, absolutely. I don't, I don't fucking give a shit. I mean, like if you what like, you like, don't accost people for liking things you don't like or you, them disliking things you do like. That's my main issue, dude. Like, don't if you don't care about my personal opinion about a movie or album or whatever, then don't listen to me give you my opinion. (laughs) Like, just have your opinion and just like life is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I don't know. It's the same thing as like uh, when we did the fucking Death Note movie. Like, I don't know. It's a neat kind of a neat story on its own. Is it Death Note? Not really. No. So yeah. Uh, 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 sorry to make an example of you, but you you proved our point from that episode. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh man. Uh, well, speaking of that, uh, y- y- you can find the show at netflixandswill.com. It's your one stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Follow us on social media at Netflix and Swill on uh, Twitter and Instagram. If yeah. you want to DM us your your hot take about one of our episodes. Yeah, and we'll, if we'll if you're going to if you're going to come into our house and drop all that kind of shit, you better come correct cuz we'll fucking drag your ass. It's true. <laughs> Especially after having seen that party bus scene in Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> we know what we're supposed to do. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song Bitter. It's uh the way some fans feel about our opinions about things. <laughs> Uh, it's true. And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. 
The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swole family.